when you lose someone you love, your brain, it does some strange things. God made our amazing bodies. And what happens to your brain after the death of a loved one, it's a protective measure. But it leaves you confused and unsure of everything. Also in grief, you have to make some basic and sometimes huge life-changing decisions. So how do you do that when you hardly know what day it is? Look, God will guide you. But how do you trust him when making these important decisions? Listen today for three practical ways to trust God in your uncertainty. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I know this is a podcast you did not want to have to search for, but I hope you always feel welcomed and heard through these episodes. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over a hundred different countries in almost all the continents. This should tell you that you're not alone as you walk out the hardest journey of your life. And it tells me that there's a need to talk about grief from a Christian perspective. If you're listening for the first time and you wonder who Monica is, well, she's the reason that Grief to Great Day exists. She died within six months of being diagnosed with stage four cancer, but her faith journey changed my life. It changed me. Her story could change you too. So if you want to learn more about dying to be healed, the book I wrote about her crazy faith and undeniable fortitude Go to my website, grief2greatday.com, and click on the book tab. In this podcast, we talk about understanding grief. Like, it's not just about being sad. We talk about how to get through the day when you got nothing left, and how to grow your faith, even if you don't want to talk to God right now. So if you're just starting your journey, please know that life will change. It won't always hurt like this. It's important for you to grab a hold of that. So I'll say it again. Your life will change and it won't always hurt like this. This is not to say that you'll stop missing your loved one because you won't. But you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. When walking through grief, aka the hardest season of your life, the emotions, the pain and confusion that should be enough to deal with. But like my friend Jessica said, it's kind of like one of those infomercials. So just picture a cheesy infomercial on grief. A woman with a big smile and the teeth to match. <laughs> a 
as her head crooks slightly to one side, and she's sharing what you get to have. You know, unwanted breakdowns, wild roller coaster days, laughing and crying in the same sentence. But wait, there's more. You get to hear people tell you how God needed another angel, or that they're in a better place. But wait, there's still more. You also get to make life-impacting decisions when you are at your weakest physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How to make the big decisions when you are unsure about everything. So let me start with one statement, though. If there are any really big, potentially life-altering decisions that don't have to be made right now, then don't make them. For example, if you don't have to sell the house or the car, don't do it for at least one year. Don't get into a major relationship for at least a year. Don't do any large donations or contributions at least for a year. Now, if you have no choice in the matter, then you have no choice. And for those of you who have to do the things like sell the home or vehicle from your loved one or the farm that you guys worked together, oh, then just be prepared for emotions you never knew existed. It just adds to the loss and can be very traumatic. I feel like there are two groups of women. So I'm talking to everybody, but I want you to understand that I know that people view things differently in grief. Christian women is what I'm talking about. So one group is where you already had a solid relationship with God before your loss. So while you have questions, you experience the same incredible pain and confusion and have anger, you know God is real. You have witnessed his character in your life time and time again, and you trust him. You might not understand it, but you trust him. Now, the other group, like I was, <laughs> I I had more religion than relationship. So while dealing with grief, I also had to fight to know that God was real because I blamed and accused him of blowing up my life and yet questioned if he was even there. Whatever group you're in, the answer is going to be the same. You have to seek out God. What I used to call go after God, whatever that looks like, and allow him to do the rest. You may experience that peace that no one can understand, or you will just feel peace for the next best step. But the Bible is clear that God is with you, and he hears you, and he will provide. The hard part to all that is trusting it. So how do you trust God? Well, number one, you got to believe he is real first. Questioning if he is real is not uncommon, but do not let that stop you from praying and reading the Bible. Now, I know that sounds weird. Why would you do that if you don't even know he's real? Well, prove that he's not. Read the, That's what I did. <laughs> I was trying to prove that he was real or he wasn't. And next week, we're going to talk about how to go about reading the Bible when everything is still raw and you can't manage anything but staring at your Bible. So if you make the slightest of efforts, though, I promise God will show you what to do. Number two, deal with feelings versus facts. So emotions are extremely high in grief. 
So you have to ask the Lord to help you discern truth from emotion. Because if you make all decisions based on how you feel, it is a surefire recipe for trouble and a hard life. Number three, take the next best step. Don't sit there paralyzed because you're afraid to make the wrong decision. Action, any action, will bring more clarity than three days of stewing over the problem. And it won't be as exhausting. You're talking to an expert on that. Now, if you need help with the next best step, that's fine. Just reach out. Get wise counseling or coaching. It can be from a trusted member of the church. It can be from your family or your friends. It does help, though, if that person has walked a similar road because they'll understand what you're going through much better. And truth and love alert here. I realized early on that I had some rebellious stuff I had to work through. I also had to feel in control for the first couple of years, and that made me stubborn. There were times I knew that I should just do something, but because I was feeling sorry for myself, I didn't. So, let me ask you this. Do you really not know what to do, or do you not do what you already know you should? I'm going to repeat that because that's good and I need you to ponder on that. Do you really not know what to do or do you not do what you already know you should? I was a lot of times in the second group. To recap, number one, if you are certain God is real or not, make an effort to seek him through prayer and reading the Bible. Pray and read. And when you get stuck and you're confused, then rise, get up. Change your scenery. Go for a walk. Just do something different so that you're not stuck in this overthinking, scared-to-do-anything cycle. Number two, deal with facts versus emotions in decision-making. And that's not easy always in life, but it's especially hard in grief. And if you need help, then find someone to get some wise counsel from. Just number three, Take the next best step. Now, that can be either a decision that needs to be made, or it can be finding that person to help you make the decision. For me, the world continued on as it had before Monica died, and that made me so angry because I felt like my life was over. It wasn't, though, and neither is yours. So while you have to make hard decisions like estate stuff, family stuff, traditions, and bigger decisions like I mentioned before. Don't look too far ahead. Just trust God to give you the daily manna and take the next best step. Lift your head, girl. Take a breath and press on one more time. The word of the week is Proverbs 16, 1 through 3. Mortals make elaborate plans. But God has the last word. Humans are satisfied with whatever looks good. God probes for what is good. So put God in charge of your work. Then what you've planned will take place. Your journey works or the work of your journey is, if you haven't already, because we're getting closer, (laughs) write down one to three things that you feel are impossible. Post them in the Facebook group, email them to me, or just keep your list private but handy. 
See, there are things in my life that I thought would never happen that have, and that's God. And I have a few things left from my grief journey that apparently I still feel are impossible or I would have conquered them by now. So in this year, we're going to take the journey together and you and I are going to do our part and we're going to watch God do miracles in our lives. If you want to be a part of a group of faith-filled women who get the pain of grief, the priority of faith, and who encourage and support each other through the hard days, please join the private Facebook group. You're going to feel welcomed and supported in a way that other people, other women who haven't been through this can't. And we will always, always point you to the great physician and the true healer of your heart. You can find the link in the Grief to Great Day website or in the show notes. Our spotlight resource is a workshop called The First Year of Grief, How to Survive with Hope and Heal. In the first moments and year or two after your loved one dies, the world is upside down. This workshop is like a compass, so you'll never question which way is up. I'm going to walk you through the four most important actions to take right now after your loved one has died to help you deal with them and heal from the loss. Now, I called it a workshop because I need you to understand there's work to be done. There are action steps you have to take towards your healing. If you're just starting your journey and you have no idea what to do, this workshop is going to help guide and direct your steps. You will grow closer to God even when it's hard to pray. You're going to work towards acceptance even if that word makes you angry and you'll know what to expect in your healing process. And when it comes to decision making, like we've talked today, this workshop is very helpful to clarify what is important right now. You can purchase the workshop on my website, grief2greatday.com, or in the link in the show notes. Also, remember to check out Coffee and Kathy, a weekly quiet time with God to build trust every Thursday on the Grief to Great Day podcast. I've preached that you need to pray, read, and rise a lot. And in grief, that reading of the Bible can be hard. You know you should, but you don't for a lot of different reasons. I know how that feels. So I figured I'd give you a way to have a consistent weekly devotion. Y'all know I'm not Kathy, but she was the sister to a childhood friend. And she wrote a beautiful blog that I will share. This devotion-only episode will air each Thursday during 2024. So grab a cup of coffee or tea or your smoothie, get comfortable, and listen to the Word of God through the lens of Kathy's life experiences. If you don't have a home church, you can always visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. All the links you need are in the show notes or on the website. Don't forget you're not alone here. This is not your forever, and God has plans for you. Yes, you. So you keep coming back to the house, you keep sitting on the couch, and you keep taking steps towards healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. 
connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.